Welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Before we jump into our teaching, I do want to mention the YouVersion Bible app. It's an absolutely wonderful resource, totally free. You can search for just about any topic that interests you, and you will find uh, what the Bible has to say about that particular topic. Also, when you're in your favorite podcast player, if you would uh, search for Arlington FM Church there, you will find all of our teaching content. And make sure you share it. Uh, post a message that you like on your social media page. And let's get the word out together. Well, uh, we are in a series called Let's Get It Started. And uh, the idea is this, that uh, God who created the changing of the seasons. You know, we're, we're entering into a new fall season. I don't know about you, but uh, I can feel it in my blood and uh, feel it in the air. And I love the sense of, of newness that comes with the changing of the seasons. And uh, God, who created those seasons, is introducing us and his people uh, through uh, the teachings of his word, uh, how to enter into new seasons of his work. In particular, we uh, launched out uh, from a text from the prophet Isaiah, who was commissioned uh, to proclaim a, a new season of God working in his people. And at the time, his people weren't doing too well. In fact, uh, they'd been defeated, annihilated, Jerusalem was destroyed. Uh, many of them were carted off to Babylon and lived uh, for several decades uh, as enslaved people. And, and to those uh, defeated and despairing folks, uh, Isaiah was commissioned to proclaim that God is doing something entirely new. And uh, in fact, here is the message that Isaiah, Isaiah proclaimed. He said, forget the former things. Uh, they had a lot that they would like to put behind them. Do not dwell on the past Behold, or see, I'm doing a new thing. Even now, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Are you aware of it? Are you catching this? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And you know, uh, just as surely as we can mark the changings of seasons from summer to fall to winter to spring, uh, we can mark the changings of God's season of working in our lives. In fact, Isaiah uh, gives us some hints about uh, how to recognize this new season. He says it's a God thing. Uh, this new uh, thing, this new uh, uh, time of God working in, in the lives of his people, it's entirely initiated by God. It's not something they had to contrive or stir up. Uh, it's a new thing, which involves a, a new way of thinking, a new perspective, uh, you know, uh, Isaiah says in another part of his prophecy that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Neither are his ways our ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth. So my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So uh, it's a God thing. It's a new thing with new thoughts and new perspectives. Isaiah says it opens up new direction for our lives. He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness. And, uh, you know, one of the things that a hallmark of God doing, uh, enter, entering a new season of working in our lives is there's clear and new and fresh direction. We suddenly know what the next best steps to take are. In fact, Isaiah again says uh, in chapter 30 of his prophecy, your own ears 
will hear God. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. So a new and clear, very specific direction from God. And finally, Isaiah says uh, this new season will be marked by new provision, uh, that God will fill our cup. Uh, he'll make us adequate to the things that he's calling us to do and the steps that he's leading us to take. And, uh, you know, according to Isaiah, uh, it should be obvious when we see God moving in our lives in these ways. In fact, it should be as obvious as the changing of our physical seasons. And uh, that's why he asks the question, do you not perceive it? Do you get this already? It's happening and it's up to you to, to clue in and to get on board. Uh, you know, Jesus uh, reprimanded the people of his day uh, for not being attentive to how God was moving in the world. In fact, he said this, you hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. You know how to read the heavens and, and uh, make your, uh, your best guesses as to what's gonna come your way. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? And the implication is, you know, you can look at the physical world and uh, make educated uh, guesses and uh, pr uh, proclamations about what's coming. Well, Jesus said it should be the same way with God. Uh, he makes it that clear to us, but often it goes over our heads. And uh, so here's, here's the point uh, launching into this series. If God has already initiated a new season, and our part is to notice and get on board, well, let's get started. Uh, how about we jump in? How about we uh, open up to what God is wanting to do in this new thing with uh, new direction, new provision for our lives? Uh, another way to ask this question would be, what are you waiting for? You know, what are you waiting on to step in to the new things that God is doing. We often think, well, when I'm less stressed or less anxious, you know, when things smooth out a bit, when the current crisis I'm navigating has, has passed, and then I'll be more open. I'll be more available to God to uh, respond to what he's up to. And it's, uh, you know, we can wait forever and totally miss what God is wanting to do in our lives today. I remember my wife and I were traveling in South France, and we were at a little train station uh, waiting for the train to show up, take us to the airport. And uh, we're looking through the, the different materials that were available, chit-chatting. Uh, we see a train pull up. People are getting on. The doors are about to close. And all of a sudden, it dawned on us, that's our train. <laughs> you know, what are we doing dilly-dallying around? We need to be on that. Well, it's that kind of alertness that God is uh, wanting to stir in us. Uh, you know, why wait for what God is doing today in our lives? Uh, you know, as we go through the series mentioned last week, we're going to pay particular attention to the writings of John, the, uh, known as the beloved disciple. And uh, John, you know, as the name infers, uh, had a tight relationship with Christ and his writings reflect that. In particular, we're going to draw on the Gospel of John, the Epistles of John, and eventually the Revelation of John. And uh, so this morning, as we talk about this entering into this new season and what are we waiting for, 
There's a great episode that John includes in his gospel account where a guy was waiting by a pool to be healed. And there was a particular legend surrounding this pool that when the waters were stirred up, troubled, as some translations say, the invalids who would hang around that pool would try to get into it. And if they got into the water when it was stirred up, they believed that they would be healed. And in particular, John records of a a guy, an invalid, who was there. He was 38 years an invalid, according to John's writing. And uh, he had been there a long, long time. And uh, one day, Jesus shows up, and uh, he asks him a, a very interesting question as he looked upon this man. He said, do you want to be healed? And, uh, you know, that may seem like a ridiculous question. Well, of course I want to be healed. I've been lying here for 38 years trying to get into the water. And the man starts to go in to a litany of excuses why he's not better rather than respond to the question of Jesus, do you want to be healed? You know, this scene of this man being healed at the pool of Bethesda shows up in a movie called The Chosen. And I saw an interview with the man, the actor, who played this invalid man in that movie, and uh, he made some interesting comments. He said uh, this man had chosen to stay in this place, hoping for things to change. And uh, he said, you know, uh, it's kind of a parable. We all get stuck looking to things that really cannot supply what we need. We cling to what is familiar even if it's a far cry for what we really hope for. Hear those words again. We cling to what is familiar, even if it's a far cry from what we really hope for. And then the actor made this comment. He said, we just become okay with it, and it defines us. Like that man who was defined by his invalid condition, stuck in that place for 38 years, we just become okay with it, and it defines us. And uh, when Jesus uh, told the man, uh, pick up your mat and walk, he was telling him, you're leaving this place. You're leaving it behind, and there's no going back. Uh, those are definitive words. Uh, you might say that was a signal, the change of a season in this man's life. And I happen to believe that God wants to do a similar thing for us that whatever we've been wallowing in, wherever we've been stuck, whatever we've been placing our hope in or waiting for, God's showing up today and he's saying, look, there's a new season upon you. I'm wanting to act into your life. And uh, do you want to be healed? Do you want to move forward? And uh, here's the truth. When life, with a capital L, when life shows up, everything changes. At least the possibility is there. That new doors become open. New provision from God flows into our lives. When life shows up, uh, there's a sense of urgency to respond to it. You know, when Jesus showed up, uh, when he shows up in our lives, uh, there must be this sense. This is not the same old, same old. This is God whose ways are higher than ours, whose thoughts are different than ours, intruding uh, into our existence and wanting to call us Show us a better way and bring us to a better place. In fact, Jesus said on one occasion, 
he told anyone, uh, he, he called a man to follow him. The man said, you know, that's an intriguing idea, uh, but I've got some other things I need to tend to before I respond to you. Here's what Jesus said to him. He said, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And uh, so there is that sense in which uh, God is saying, hey, why wait? Uh, why are you putting off what matters most in your life? Uh, do you want to be healed? You know, uh, this, is a, this is a particular uh, point of focus for John the beloved disciple. This immediacy of, of responding uh, to the life of Jesus when it comes to us. And uh, he had written one of his epistles to a group of Christ followers whose uh, response to Christ had become kind of um, diluted. It had become sort of nominal and commonplace, and they were finding other things to fill their hearts and their attention with. And, uh, you know, Jesus, after he healed this crippled man, uh, he had a, an interesting response. Uh, John records that the healing happened on the Sabbath when, according to the religious rules in which Christ found himself, uh, you weren't supposed to do any kind of work on the Sabbath day, and that included helping people. Well, Jesus uh, obviously colored outside the lines. He didn't abide by their religious rules and restrictions, and uh, when he was uh, accused of violating the Sabbath, he had an interesting reply. Here's what he said. He said, my father is always working, and so am I. Why do you heal on the Sabbath? Well, Jesus said it's because I'm aligned with God, and the truth is God is doing wonderful and loving things for people today, and it's not confined to religious uh, restrictions or orientations. And in fact, this new season, I believe with all my heart that God is inviting us into is an invitation to step beyond our religious traditions and into what God is doing right now. Would you uh, hear those words again uh, this new season? In fact, this entire series, uh, let's get it started. It's an invitation to step beyond our religious traditions, whatever they might be, whatever our history might be, maybe 38 years long or more, to step beyond that and into what God is doing right now. You know, that's, a, that's basically John's orientation is, uh, what have you done in your response to Jesus lately? In fact, his first epistle, uh, love the way uh, he begins uh, calling these uh, disciples back uh, to the immediacy of that that urgent response to life, to Jesus Christ, as he came into their world. Uh, here's what John writes. He says, that which was from the beginning. He's going way back here, before the creation of the universe and anything that exists. Uh, that, that life source, which was from the very beginning. And then this amazing statement, which we have heard this, uh, this, uh, essence of life that existed in the very beginning. John says, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This is what we proclaim concerning the word of life that came uh, into our reality. He said, 
He goes on to explain the life appeared. We have seen it. We testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and what we have heard so that you also may have fellowship, a deep sharing with us. And then he describes what that fellowship is. This deep sharing that we have, our fellowship uh, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we're writing this to you so that our joy may be complete. You know, uh, this is an amazing uh, clarion call. It's a, it's a trumpet sound uh, calling these disciples and all people who would want to follow Jesus Christ, calling them back to the very essence that this eternal life that existed with God became flesh and blood, as John would write in his gospel, and lived among us. And uh, what John is describing here is that uh, we heard him, we saw him, we touched him, we interacted with him. In fact, we immersed ourselves in this life that came from God and appeared to us in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, this idea uh, that Christ has come and swung wide heaven's door, made God known to us as Father, and uh, given us access to him, uh, that idea of seeing, feeling, touching. You know, John would write in his gospel, uh, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten son. Uh, I was reminded of uh, this experience of God uh, through Christ. Uh, when I watched a documentary recently, it was about a guy named uh, Chris Bianco. And uh, this guy is, uh, never had heard of him before but apparently he's a legendary pizza maker. He resides in Phoenix, Arizona, and some people say he makes the best pizzas in the world, not just in our country or states, but in the world. And uh, as you hear this guy's story, you begin to see he's got this fascination with the ingredients that make up an incredible pizza. And uh, he started cooking pizzas in the back of a supermarket, but for him, it was all about the ingredients. The documentary shows him making his own mozzarella cheese, uh, walking through uh, fields, nearby farmers, choosing fresh vegetables, uh, sifting wheat through his fingers to make sure it is exactly what he needed to make the flour to make his pizzas. In fact, there was one segment. He was on a goat farm uh, see, wanting to see where he could get the absolute best goat milk for his feta cheese. And uh, the farmer who was milking one of the goats said, you want to taste? He said, sure. And the farmer turned one of the udders, uh, pointed it at him, and squirted him on the face. And uh, it was uh, fun to see Chris's reaction. He smiled. His face lit up. He licked his lips and said, you know, that's good milk. Well, uh, his fascination with the particulars, the ingredients that made a great legendary pizza uh, was not the side story. It was the story. It was the reason why uh, what this man did was so legendary that people would show up at 10 a.m. in the morning and get in line uh, for a restaurant that didn't open till 5 p.m. that evening. It was all about his immersion in the particulars, in the, the ingredients, and his passion. Well, that's just a small glimpse of what John is saying, that when the life came, 
We didn't stand at a distance. We didn't analyze it. We didn't put it off. We realized God's doing something new here. A God who is eternal has come to be with us in the person of Jesus Christ. And we heard him, we saw him, we touched him, and we entered into this fellowship with him. What John is pointing out is that life must be experienced. The life that comes from God, the new season that God has opened up for us is not something to observe from afar. It's something to step into, to embrace. You know, it's amazing when you think about what Jesus has made available to us. Though we were distant, separated from our Creator, uh, he laid down his life, as John would write, no greater love does a man have than he would lay down his life for his friends. And he did that for one reason, so that his father could become our father. You think of that great prayer in John 17, where Jesus is praying for his disciples and for all those who will come to know him through their testimony. And he says, God, I pray that the, the joy and the love that I have with you would be in them that I and you and you and me and us in them and they and us. And he's describing this immersion, this uh, entering fully into the life that God has made available to us. Uh, we're going to experience this new season. We must experience God as Jesus has made him available to us. And then the other message that rings out of John's opening words in this letter is that life must be shared. Uh, life must not only be experienced, uh, it must be shared. Uh, John says, we're writing this to you so that our joy would be complete, so that you could have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with Jesus Christ and with the Father whom he revealed. You know, there's something about um, the fullness that God is offering to us, this new season he's inviting us into. It really comes down to this. Are we open to him? And will we open up to people? That was the message of Jesus. A new command I give you. Uh, love one another as I have loved you. In fact, John would write uh, later in his epistle, uh, how in the world, folks, can we love God whom we don't see if we can't love our brothers and sisters who we see right in front of us? And uh, I want to invite you to join me in a prayer and to ask God to alert us to this new season and maybe bring to mind uh, some of the things we might be waiting for waiting on maybe like that man by the pool we've got all kinds of reasons why we're not uh, living a life that is full every day of our experience of god as jesus has made him available to us and uh, jesus would ask us very directly do you want to be healed do you want to move past that and into what god has in store for you and has already started. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, for your great love for us. Thank you for the testimony of people like John who remind us it's all about a man who came from God and showed us the way to the Father, made that way open to us through your sacrifice on the cross. Lord, thank you for this wonderful gift called fellowship, uh, that there's nothing that needs to distance us uh, from our Creator, from you, and even from one another, if we'll open up to your love, receive the new direction you have for us, uh, joyfully accept the provision that you want to pour into our hearts. Uh, I would pray right now, Lord, if there's anyone uh, hearing this message 
who thinks, you know, I just don't know God like that, but I'd like to. You know, Jesus said, anyone who calls on me will be saved, and that he would not turn away anyone who reaches to him for salvation. If that's in your heart, I would invite you, just pray a simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I need to be healed. I want to be made well. I want to have the kind of relationship with God that I've heard about. Thank you that you freely offer that. I accept your love. I accept your forgiveness. And to help me to begin today to step into the new thing that you're doing for me. I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.